This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. I'm hoping that we can increase the number of teachers who know computer science content. I'm hoping that we can grow and support future computer science education leaders in this process. I love code. That's what I do. I just eat, sleep, and breathe it. <laughs> On today's show, the guys talk with Daniel Moikes about coding Arkansas's future initiative at the Arkansas School for Math, Science, and the Arts. We'll have music from the original Mr. C and an EdTech micro lesson and more. That's all up next. On EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio. Radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm one of your hosts, David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Awesome. Welcome to the show. We got a great show today. Today's going to be a great show. Jumping into computer science, especially here in Arkansas with the standards, you know, really kicking in this next year. Full force. Yes, absolutely. That's right. Full force. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what's really cool is the, the standards kick in K-12. Yeah, you know, uh, we we already had the uh, nine twelve standards that had rolled out, and then they did a um, uh, a, a pilot sort of kind yeah. of a rollout for the K eight standards. But starting this coming school year, it's the full kit and caboodle, the whole enchilada. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting, and it's happening across the country. I mean, computer True. science is is a big deal, but the governor here in Arkansas really pushed hard for it, and he's behind it. 110%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, tell us what you think and what you want to know about computer science. You can head us, hit us up on the web at twitter.com slash edutechguys, facebook.com slash edutechguys. Heck, just go out to Google, type in edutechguys, E-D-U-T-E-C-H-G-U-Y-S, and you will find us. You can also go to the website, drop down at the bottom, and there's a little uh, form there you can fill out. Yeah. Or catch us on the Twitter with hashtag ETGChat. Exactly. Let us know uh, what you think, and we'll uh, reach back out to you. Yeah, the shows are starting to wrap up pretty quickly here because it's the end of school. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly the school year has gone by. This season has flown by. It really has. I'm, well, and I'm talking about our season. Right, yeah. You know, the season. <laughs> but, yeah, season two is just about to wrap up. We will start season three in June. Golly, that is crazy. I can't believe it. Over, I, over eight, almost 100 shows. 
I, I can't believe we're still on the air. Oh, I can believe we're still on the air. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but you know, now that Trump's fired the FBI guy, and oh, we could hit some jackbooted thugs in here any day, hey, shutting us down. That's true. That you never know what's going to happen around here. Zoinks! <laughs> oh Zoinks my god! It's the shadow. It's the phantom. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Hey, listen, we're going to drop out to a quick commercial, and then we'll be right back with Daniel Moix and Coding Arkansas's Future here on Guys. Thanks for listening to Guys. Reach out to us on Twitter, at Guys. Head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash edutechguys. Or cruise on over to the website, www.edutechguys.com. Hey, today on the show, we have a really special guest uh, who was uh, brought to our attention. Actually, we heard the name and we knew what he was doing because of coding, what's happening in, in Arkansas with coding and students right now. Um, but uh, Luke Irvin, a former student of mine who was in my band when I was a band director way back, uh, great tuba player, great guy. Luke, who is a coder himself, uh, introduced us and got us together, and I'm glad he did. Um, it saves the time for us trying to hunt him down because he's a very busy man. But uh, today on the show, we have Daniel Moix, and we're going to let him tell us who he is, what he does, all about himself, so you have the stage. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I am Daniel Moix. I only get four letters, so you have to say them all. I am the director of Coding Arkansas's Future at ASMSA, which is the Arkansas School for Mathematics, Sciences, and the Arts in Hot Springs. Um, ASMSA has forever and always required our students to have computer science to graduate. And I, uh, I taught computer science here from 2003 to 2010. And uh, when, the, when the governor's coding initiative came through, ASMSA reached back out to me and said, hey, can we, can we get you to come help us uh, support other schools? Because you know we're, we're good at computer science, we've done it forever, but other schools are, are just uh, struggling and just getting started. So. Uh, I guess I guess what we do in Coding Arkansas's future is help schools make a good computer science experience for students in uh, starting out in high school and now also working at the middle school level. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's true. AS, ASM, it's oh, such a mouthful. The Arkansas <laughs> School for Mathematics, Science, and Arts. Yeah, I can say that easier than ASMSA. Um, I said it that time. Um, has always been a, you know, a great cutting edge. Um, a, lot of, a lot of our students have gone there. A lot of my students have gone there. Um, in fact, one of my students, uh, I'll, I'll throw out his name, Blake Montgomery, uh, is back here as a lawyer already. I taught Blake. You taught I remember Blake. him fondly, yeah. yeah. Blake's, Blake's one of my former band kids and worked for the tech department. Really sharp, really sharp guy. But okay, so let's talk uh, Coding Arkansas's Future. So what is Coding Arkansas's Future? Well, it, it's, it's an umbrella of programs that are working together to prepare teachers and to equip classrooms and students with what they need to learn computer science and to teach computer science. At the core of our program, we do teacher professional development for the high school courses. Uh, for the last two years, we have had cohorts of teachers who've been working with us in, in a year-long mentorship arrangement to teach the essentials of computer programming class. Mm -hmm. uh, but starting next year, we have a whole new set of state standards and new course right. codes and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. So our, our mentored cohort will be teaching computer science one and two. And I guess at the center of that is my belief, our belief that you cannot overnight or through the process of a week long 30 hour anything become 
a computer science teacher with just one one experience. So right. our program works. Uh, we we do have a thirty hour boot camp, but that thirty hour boot camp is just getting you acclimated to the tip of the iceberg, and we work all year long to grow content competency, pedagogy skills, and and confidence in our partner teachers as they sort of team teach the class in a, in a blended learning environment. So there's part, part of the content comes from me, part of the content it reaches the students from the, the partner teacher. And as the year progresses, those teachers grow in confidence and, and capability with the vision that the next year they are teaching that content independently with just the occasional phone home for, for questions or, or things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's at the core of Coding Arkansas's future is helping high school teachers become computer science teachers. And then we so also, real quick, let me, yeah, sure. let me, sorry. Um, so real quickly, uh, is this something you've already started? You're already working with schools or is this something that's uh, coming down like, uh, like starting this summer? Absolutely. So Coding Arkansas's future, we started in uh, summer of 2015. So right after Act 187 wow. passed, we, uh, we brought together a cohort of teachers. We had an internal goal of having 10 teachers in the first cohort, but we ended up when it, when everything settled, we had 16 teachers in wow. the first cohort. Good, Good number. Yeah. I, I, twice as many works for me. No. So the, the first <laughs> cohort in, enrolled and they attended their boot camp, and we, we sent content to their, to their site through our platform and surprisingly things worked and you know we we learned a little bit along the way and then at the end of the first year they were ready to be um they, they said i pushed them out of the nest they were they were ready to teach computer science they are computer science teachers but they didn't they, they wanted to come back and, and do the mentorship arrangement one more year but they they need to teach yeah. so i had to make room for the next cohort so the uh, the second cohort is just about to wrap up its first year of teaching computer science and we we're on to something with this with this mentorship model so it's blended learning it's team teaching it's uh it's it's long-term mentorship that that you really build and foster relationships with teachers who then can build and foster relationships with students and it's we're, we're really proud of the model that we have together. So the high school piece is uh, two years old and we, we currently have around 50 teachers uh, scheduled for our next cohort. And we're wow. internally working at, um, at how we can effectively scale our mentorship piece. Because uh, once you have the content created and, and, and ready, that's, that's easy to scale up. But supporting a, a larger cohort of teachers is what we are trying to work on doing effectively right now. Cool. So I have two questions. First question. Um, so when you're, when you're training these teachers, is it more facilitator heavy, you know, getting them into it, knowing that they'll love it and they'll get even more in depth or is it, is it straight out of the box? Let me teach you coding so that you can therefore go forth and teach coding. There is so much that's not computer science content that we cover in the, in the, in the boot camp in summer, uh, teachers come expecting to learn everything and go home and be experts. But the the first couple of days are, uh, you know, unpacking anxieties and talking about what's scary about teaching something that you don't know. What's scary about this discipline? What are some misconceptions about computer science and 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 quoting coding with quote fingers around it? Um, and then looking at how do you effectively navigate this platform and this environment and this modality of learning and how can you keep your kids successful 
when they have an aspect of control over the sequence and pace of what they're what they're learning and how they're doing it. So, uh, a teacher who is used to having every student on page X on paragraph Y mm -hmm. is not going to be just the super happiest camper on the first couple of days of the workshop. But we we work to transition people into. Uh, uh, teachers who are comfort, comfortable with controlled chaos and letting students learn in a messy way. That's cool. You know, that's, that, that's good to hear. And that, that's a big part of it is the, the comfort of teaching it. So in that, so the next part of that question, which I think rolls us right into it is engaging the students. How do you prepare the teachers to engage the students to get them excited about computer science? So it's largely a question of who shows up on the first day of class. And uh, so by the time that the teacher reaches me for, for the workshop, they've, they've received a lot of communications via email, but they don't really have a feel for what they're getting themselves into. And the, the course selections have already been made by whatever process happens on a campus. You're either uh, soliciting volunteers and doing recruiting, which we distribute a little bit of uh, course description materials and, and, and things like that, but largely it's the computer put me in this classroom or the counselor hates me, whatever. Uh, you, you wind up in, in a computer science class and you're teaching students who have, have ended up there. It's, it's largely recruiting the second season of kids where the magic can happen. And by giving the students who are in the classroom interesting, meaningful, like, real problems to solve and mm -hmm. stuff to create that you want to go show somebody like, look at this thing. I made a mobile app or I, I made this animation or I, I'm, I'm solving this problem that I had an East class with this new technology that I learned. If students are showing off the things that they're making to their friends because they're passionate about it and because what they're doing is worthwhile, that goes a long way in recruiting. Mm -hmm. Another piece that, that I am particularly careful, cautious, and concerned about is that schools not put the kids that you would expect to put in a computer science class in a computer science yes. class, but yes. you make the opportunity available and welcoming to all students and that every student feels welcome in a computer science class. So a piece of it is in our workshop, we talk about how do you make the space op open and welcoming? How do you use uh, events like Hour of Code to bring in people who might not just open the course catalog and pick it, but once you've got a taste of it, you, you might want to find out more. And then also through some of our other programs, like uh, Coding Reality and uh, the, the Dare to Code boot camps that we're doing, we're, we're hoping to equip schools and teachers with, with strategies and resources to uh, reach out to the younger students and get them engaged when, when their minds are still open. Cool. Cool. Um, other outreach programs that you guys use are any partners that you partner with, you know, to, to bring it to, to get more people involved and get the students even more excited about it. Well, we, we have a partner called apps for good, which is from the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I first met the, the then CEO, co-CEO of apps for good, Debbie Forster at a, at a conference in, uh, oh gosh, I believe I was in Boston at the time. Mm -hmm. And, I told Debbie, we're doing really cool things in computer science in Arkansas, and I, I would love to put Arkansas on your map. Uh, I have a, then I had a cohort of 16 teachers that, that I wanted to pilot her program with. She's like, whoa, 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 back up. Yeah, she said, wait, where's Arkansas? No. Arkansas. 
Just kidding. <laughs> I, I, she, she had been to the U.S. She said, I've driven through Arkansas, but I didn't realize people drove to Arkansas. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> And, and, and so I said, well, let's, let's put this together. In the first year, she said, well, we can do a very small pilot. I can give you four, four, four sites, and you can work on that and see how it works out. And by the time the semester ended, Debbie had decided that Arkansas was magic, and she flew to Little Rock. She drove to Hot Springs. She came to our campus, and I, I achieved my goal of getting Debbie Forster to Arkansas. And she spoke at our first Apps for Good Festival in Hot Springs uh, last May. And that festival has grown uh, this year. We had it at UALR. We had, um, so there, there, there were 30 school districts uh, participating in the Apps for Good program this year, up from four. And um, we had, I believe, 80 students registered to attend the, the festival this year, which was hosted at UALR. Uh, mainly because they they're they're nice to us and they have a big enough auditorium for our group, uh, <laughs> yeah. but that that is actually where Luke Irvin um, ran into ran into me. I've I've known Luke for a while as as a a nice partner for computer science education, and he's spoken to several of my classes, and he was an industry representative who uh, interacted with the students at the Apps for Good Festival this year. So Apps for Good is one of the partners that we work with, and we're so glad to to have them. They're they're UK based. They're um, their model is to empower students to create apps that solve problems, taking them uh, from, from being consumers of technology to opening their mind to being producers of technology, and also along the way, giving them those 21st century skills of collaboration and the, the communication and doing, doing all the things every teacher is trying to do. Apps for Good is really effective at doing it in, in the... Um, in the apps space and also introducing a little bit of entrepreneurship and some of the, the concepts like a minimum viable product and creating prototypes and doing market research. So I really love the resources they have. I love that through apps for good classrooms can connect to industry partners. They call them experts. Uh, if you need an expert to help you narrow down some, some project ideas, you can connect to someone anywhere in the world and those experts will, will spend some time visiting with your students. Um, if you are stuck on a part of your development and you want to talk about, is this even feasible? We're hung up. Is there a direction we can go? You can connect with like a real life software developer somewhere in the world and uh, have, have a, a chat. And it's, it's really empowering. It's helpful. And uh, I'm so glad that apps for good is uh, working with us now and in the future. That's awesome. That is very, yeah, that's very, very cool. So um, uh, let's talk about a few others. Uh, Girls Code, Project Mars. Uh, you guys have a nerd camp coming up. So. <laughs> we, nerd camp is my office. Please join me. Now, um, <laughs> ASMSA has several summer programs available, um, not just in the STEM fields. We also have a summer arts bridge. The, mm -hmm. the A was added in 2004, so we're not just a math and science school anymore. We also have arts program. But um, I guess Project Mars is um, a a camp that's that's funded by the Aegis grant system and we are bringing in 36 students who are interested in uh, doing a, a problem-based learning experience 
there's going to be a, a little bit of robotics, a little bit of coding, a, a whole lot of problem solving and critical thinking. And uh, we are, these, all of the three camps that we're talking about here are for rising sophomores. So if you're a ninth grader going into the 10th grade, we would love for you to come to our website, look at the, at the options available, pick one that you think would be a good fit for you and, and, and your, your student and sign up. We have space available for Project Mars, which is for students who are kind of curious about this STEM stuff and they want to learn more. We also have Nerd Camp, which is for the really, like their propellers are wound tightly and they are going 100 miles an hour for the kids <laughs> who are, uh, like in Lake Wobegon, above average mm -hmm. and are ready to do some physics and some calculus and some whatever. And they're maybe, they, they may not know calculus, but they're probably ready to do calculus. Those are the kids who would thrive at Nerd Camp. And we'll also have some coding involved in that. And then uh, the, the Summer Arts Bridge, we have a couple of different emphasis areas. And we have a fantastic art teacher who is like one of the best kept secrets. And he, he brings you know, guest artists in to display some of the work that they do. And it's, it's fascinating. Like it's, it's to a lot of the state still a secret that we have arts, but <laughs> I, I walk in and just am blown away by the kinds of things that our students are doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, Technology, the technologies that you guys use. Tell me, you know, what you're using so that our listeners can say, hey, we use that too, or maybe we need to use that. Or, you know, what do you use instead of Moodle? I know you don't use Moodle. So what do you use instead of Moodle? Absolutely. So a part, part of the, the situation is I was brought on June 2015, and we had our first boot camp in July 2015, and the teachers began teaching computer science in August 2015. So I had to do a really fast uh, assessment of what resources were already on the table and in play. Mm -hmm. Because ASMSA already had a, a digital learning infrastructure and we had Canvas as a course management system already in play. We had Zoom video conferencing uh, already licensed for our campus. There were certain aspects from our distance learning uh, efforts that I could pick up and run with. And I, so I had done a lot of work in Blackboard at College of the Washita's. I had done a bit of work in Moodle, um, at both as a, as a producer, but more as a consumer in my, in my days as an Apple mentor, that's A-P-P-E-L mentor that, um, that all of the Apple process was, was delivered in Moodle. And I, I created a little bit of content in Moodle, but I, I walked into Canvas and said, well, it's here, let's try it. And oh my gosh, I love Canvas. It's, it's so, it's, it's slick. It has, it has some powerful features and most of them I turn off because I want, I want my content to reach my people. And I have teachers in the classroom on the other end that can, that can largely uh, help manage the flow of the process. So I, I don't use 80% of the Canvas features, uh, but it is highly configurable and it's, it's cloud hosted and they have fantastic support. And I couldn't say enough nice things about it. Uh, it the pricing is, is much more reasonable than some of the fully featured uh, learning management systems. And it's, it's sort of the, the hybrid between the free stuff you can run on your own and the really expensive stuff that you have to have an NSF grant to afford. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's it. That's well, the thing, the thing about that is what makes that nice is that it is that middle of the road. You know, you don't, you don't have to have it hosted yourself. It's not the free stuff. You're also not paying crazy fees that are associated with some of the other providers. So um, that, that's a very sweet spot to be sitting. 
Well, the way we use it, it's hosted, but there's also sort of an open source edition of Canvas that, that the ones who have their own file servers and are, are equipped to, to run it themselves can manage themselves. Oh, and cool. then um, there are also sort of like freemium versions. If you're a teacher and you just want to try out blended learning on your own, you can go to the Instructure website, which is the company that, that uh, owns Canvas. You can go to the Instructure website and register as a teacher and say, I just want to tinker around. And you can try out Canvas. I don't know what the limitations are for number of students enrolled or number of sections that you can create. But I do know that uh, a couple of the teachers in my first year cohort have taken the content that, that we were teaching. Some have brought it into their own Canvas uh, course and others have taken it into Google Classroom. So uh, there, there, there are ways that that a, a normal regular classroom teacher can use these tools and still still be a regular classroom teacher. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Google Apps. I know you have to use Google Apps. <laughs> <laughs> I would not survive without <laughs> Google everything. So I was way back in, in 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 the aughts. I was a Google certified teacher, and I I went to Boulder, Colorado, and was there with a whole bunch of really excited googly teachers and then as soon as they opened the google certified trainer program i i took all the tests and did the things you had to do to be a google certified trainer and i've i've done a whole lot of google pd uh, i am not just a, an advocate for google stuff i live in google um, they have you know free free tools but then when you have the google apps for education platform it's it's sort of super powered mm. and you can, you can connect it with your other systems and you have a lot more control over how things work. And uh, I, I use Google Sheets, I use Google Forms, and then I use some of the plugins like Form Mule, which mm. can kick off an automatic email uh, as soon as a form is submitted. And with Form Mule, you can create different uh, different templates. So if if I have someone who's registering for a workshop or something, I can send them back a, a confirmation, additional next steps. If uh, so, then I also I have a lot of people that I keep up with, and sometimes they need Daniel Moix to email them and go, "Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Are things okay?" And <laughs> Google makes me be able to be in more places than I can be at once. And mm -hmm. a lot of email you'll get from me is not really from me, it's from the computer. <laughs> the computer's <laughs> pretending to be me. <laughs> but if you're, if you're careful with how you write your, uh, your, your, your mail merges, it can almost seem personal. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, pro tip, which I picked this up from Fluberu a long time ago, if you've ever used Fluberu, there's a hidden column in Fluberu's spreadsheet where you can go add specific feedback to individual kids so a lot of times if I'm mail merging a, a note to somebody, I'll put a PS down at the bottom. Just everybody has a different PS in that column and it feels like I've written you an email. That's so perfect. <laughs> if you get an email from me, it's highly likely a computer sent it to you on my behalf. But the PS is somewhat personal. So that worked out. <laughs> yeah. It's the Moik's bot at work. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I also, I used to teach the Oracle database course mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm super, super, skilled with queries and I love that Google Sheets can behave a little bit like access mm -hmm. in that there's a formula for query and then you can write a query that pulls up all kinds of stuff. So I may mm -hmm. have a Google form that is my database 
And then I might have five or six tabs that show me different views or aspects of that data. So if, if you've registered in this big table, I have a June section tab and a July section tab and not paid yep. tab and a, I have a bunch of different views of that data. And I, I love the fact that I can, can query it. What else is, so I, I call the script the duct tape of Google Apps because you have spreadsheets and you have documents and you have mail and calendar and it's, it's the scripts that you can sort of get there and, and duct tape together a functioning system mm -hmm. and the add-ons is the sort of commercialized version of scripts. So I was, I was scripting when scripting wasn't cool. <laughs> but it's 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 handy stuff and i love it and i can't live without it yeah that's uh, it's that's what a change it's made for education tell us tell us what's next and tell us about your grant and what's happening what's coming up what's next for um you guys sure um the big the big news is that we received a 34,600 something dollar grant from google to help continue growing the the community of computer science educators. Mm -hmm. And through our, through our plus mentorship model, which I described a little earlier, you kind of have to make a big time investment and your school has to be behind you because you have to have a classroom full of kids. You need to have a period or more out of your day. You need to, you need to all be, you know, pointed in the same direction, but a middle school teacher who has aspirations of teaching high school computer science one day doesn't really fit well in our model or a teacher who's in a district that already has a different curriculum. It could be Project Lead the Way. It could be that the district is bought into another digital learning provider and the teacher doesn't get a say in the matter. If they want to learn computer science, the, mon the, the mentorship model that we've been using, what, what we call our plus model, isn't a good fit for them. So I wrote a grant to Google for their CS4HS program. And in North America, there were 27 sites funded this year, uh, each getting at most $35,000. And what we are doing with that money is enabling the rest of the people who want to learn high school computer science to learn it in the same uh, method that our kids are learning it, which is in a, in a digital learning environment with some, with some lead learners, some people who don't know all the answers, but who are at least a couple of pages ahead of you. So we have an unlimited number of slots for people who want to enroll in our online course. And it's the same computer science one and two course, excuse me, the same computer science one and two course that are going to our partner schools. Mm -hmm. Teachers can enroll in it and, and learn along with it. We have weekly Zoom sessions scheduled in the evening time that'll be facilitated by our lead learners who are teachers who are teaching this course to their own students who have already been through the, the CS Plus program mm -hmm. before. So they know the struggle yeah. that, that learning online entails. They know the struggle that their students are facing mm -hmm. and they've, they've been there before and, and they've experienced it themselves. So I'm hoping that we can increase the number of teachers who know computer science content. I'm hoping that we can grow and support future computer science education leaders in this process. I love code. That's what I do. I just eat, sleep, and breathe it. And the reason I'm not in industry someplace writing software is because for me, the process of seeing someone grow in ability, that, that teacher fuzzy, good karma, light bulby stuff is what I get from seeing people learn computer science and learn to teach computer science. That was our perfect soundbite. Thank you. We'll use that at the beginning of the show. So <laughs> that's perfect. Um, that's really great stuff. Your your excitement and your it, your charisma in this area just shows. It's definite that you love what you do, and uh, that's that's a really big 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 deal to us. Thanks for sharing your journey with us, your ed tech story. Um, we're gonna throw out everything uh, on the web. The Aegis Project Mars Camp, July 16th to the 21st. The Nerd Camp, 
June 18th through the 23rd and the Summer Arts Bridge, June 18th through the 23rd. Um, that's uh, that's all three great things going on at your house, ASMSA. Um, thanks for being on the show, Daniel. And uh, we'll be back in touch with you soon to find out more. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Hey, you can keep up with everything that Daniel's got going on over on his website. It is moixland.com, M-O-I-X-L-A-N-D.com for more information. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And we appreciate him uh, coming on the air and uh, sharing all the stuff that he's doing with uh, AMSA. And we, we probably could have talked another 20 minutes, actually. Cause yes. I, I, he's I, got a lot of stuff cooking up there at ASMSA. There you go. I couldn't say it. I can't. Can. That's <laughs> a, Arkansas School for Mathematics, Science, and the Arts. There you go. So, yeah, check him out there. Awesome. Hey, right now, we've got music from the original Mr. C. This is PEMDAS and Order of Operations. I need your expertise. I saw one of this problem. Would you help me, please? I said, Teacher, teacher, I don't know what to do. I'm looking at this problem and I'm feeling real confused. Confused. Welcome back to radio.edutechguys.com. I hope you like that last one from the original Mr. C. Pimdas. Take it to the math class. That's where you're going to go with it. Hey, but guess what time it is? Well, it's interesting. It's time for after 80-something episodes, almost 100 episodes, we've, we, we're, we're drying up on Google Tips of the Week. We're not drying up. Not drying just, up, but... It's just know, we thought we'd change it up a that's little. That's right. We, we want to we want to inject some new, different ideas into what we're sharing. So we're trying to push this new idea through brainwashing called EdTech Micro Lessons. <laughs> and uh, 
we're we're better than our podcast as a platform to push that. <laughs> so the the thing is, we have we don't have a, an, an intro uh, theme song for it yet, like we did. We had that stellar Grammy award winning theme song for Google Tip of the Week. You all remember the this one, the Google Tip of the Week. Yeah, they, come on, that was that one. You know that garnered praise from all around the county, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we've been working on a few new ones, and, and so we're going to go with this one for the EdTech Micro Lessons. EdTech Micro Lesson of the Week. Word. We hope you like that one. <laughs> so the EdTech Micro Lesson of the Week this week is, <laughs> is, uh, is uh, the photo albums. Oh. Listen, if photos weren't so stupidly important, then there wouldn't, everyone, I have to say, the average iOS phone user must have like 67,000 photos in their iCloud. Oh, oh yes. You know, because yeah, every yeah. every app you you shoot one with, whether it's Instagram or, or like they say, Snapgram or Instachat or whatever yeah, yeah. you're using, yeah. puts that picture inside your your, your photos. Exactly. Well, and just a quick, I don't know if you saw or not, but um, Snapchat actually now has infinite time you know, before, you know, they get rid oh, of yeah, the yeah. pictures as soon as you delete. Yeah. Well, now you can set a picture to be infinite. So oh. even more photos uh, on your device. But, you know, that is that is kind of the way we've always gotten um, great ideas across. And, and it's sure. very popular now. So why not use that in your classroom? You know, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, throughout the day, that micro ed tech lesson can be putting together a photo album of the day, of the lesson, of the topic you're covering. Maybe it's the whole week. But put that photo album together. And, you know, you can throw it out there. You can use all kinds of stuff to do that. You can use everything from Google Slides to Prezi or one of our favorites, Buncee. Um, any presentation app would work. Um, but then what's great is you can share that with the parents. And that helps keep that old refrigerator a little less cluttered at the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all on mom's phone and yeah. dad's, dad's iPad. So that there works out go. pretty well. Well, what's really cool about all that is that you can get the students involved. So if you're in the middle of, of working on some kind of a, a project in the classroom where you've got groups of students working on various projects, they can just bust out their phones and start taking pictures. Now, you know, yeah, there's, you know, privacy issues or maybe potential security issues, those types of things. Yeah. So one of the one of the learning processes of taking the pictures is teaching the students how to take those cool group shot pictures where you don't actually see the faces, you know, kind of the over the so shoulder, or you're focusing in on the student work that's happening on the table without getting those student faces or any, you know, identifying stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can incorporate photo albums into the classroom. Yeah, you can actually start that with your digital citizenship, uh, yeah. you know, lesson that you might be teaching, hint, hint. You know, <laughs> and throw the photo albums in there. So there it is. That is our micro ed tech lesson of the week. Hope you like it. Uh, there'll be more to come. Also, check out the web, www.edutechguys.com. Pop over to the blog or check it on the front page. A lot of articles there, stuff mm -hmm. about ed tech micro lessons, everything, our opinions, which are worth the digital print that they're printed on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the price of admission for reading them, right? <laughs> Hey, listen, I want to thank Daniel Moix for coming on the show. It was a great to talk about computer science in Arkansas and what ASMSA is doing to help the teachers and the students get excited about it. Hey, it's been a great show. Yeah, this has been awesome. been fun. Cool. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those of the participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. 
But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.